And here we go to a new decade of the NBA and another um, new year for the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I know that, oh man, I say this literally every episode, but it is a new year. It is a new decade. So I have a lot of new ideas and just new goals for this podcast. I really want to keep this going. It it felt so surreal to actually like have this platform, have this channel, even though, you know, for the past half a year, I haven't posted um, an episode. And, you know, I, I don't like to make excuses, but well, I'm, I guess I, I could just say that before I make excuses. So um, I guess a little like life um, update. Yeah, I guess that ties into why I've been so MIA in terms of posting new episodes. Um, moved back home, um, finally back home looking for full-time jobs. As you know, I just graduated um, this past summer. Um, just my schedule has changed a lot these past couple months. And so I am working part time, but, um, I'm constantly changing schedules with just interviews and whatnot and just other plans and vacations and, um, doing that whole thing. So I greatly, greatly apologize for the lack of posting or yeah, the lack of episodes, um, this past year, this past couple months, but if you are here to stick around with me, then I appreciate it greatly, um, got some new ideas for this podcast, I really, really want to start making, like, a website for it, um, if anyone has any suggestions on, you know, what to do with that, I would really, Really, really appreciate it. Um, just DM the Dishes and Dimes Twitter at Dishes N, the letter N, Dimes on Twitter. Um, that'll be really cool. Um, me and my producer, Patrick Lee, of course, um, are just really trying to make things better um, to make the experience for the listener just to be better and makes everything easier on everyone. So, Again, yes, I'm sorry, but it is a new year. It is a new era of basketball, a new decade, um, the 20s, the 2020s. It's going to be a pretty insane decade. I think um, the 2010s were pretty legendary just in terms of the amount of change and the amount of things that has happened throughout that whole decade. Um, I mean, this podcast episode is going to be pretty short. We're on episode 16 overall, um, but the first episode for the 2019-2020 season and hopefully a lot more for the rest of this season and for the rest of this year, um, calendar year. Um, but without further ado, I guess we should just, yeah, I just wanted to make this a short episode just to, you know, reintroduce um, kind of like the mission and kind of the goals I have for this podcast and um I really just want to be consistent again um I think one of the problems I've had these past couple months is scheduling 
and finding people to record with. Um, as I guess you can already tell, this episode is just going to be me in it. Um, and if you hate hearing my voice, then I'm sorry. But um, it is super hard just in terms of I am not a professional writer. I'm not a professional journalist by any means. Um, so interviewing people are, you know, if you've previously, previously, excuse me, previously been a listener before that, you know, that a lot of the people I recorded with are my friends. Actually, all of them are just my friends, whether that be from college or from back home they're they are my friends. And with all of us kind of getting into adulthood, getting into the real world after college, some are just finishing up college too. Um, scheduling things is hard and we all have our own things going on. We all have our own schedules, have our own time commitments, all that stuff. Everyone's trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, so it is just kind of super hard to like just find people to be free and find people who are really willing to take the time to prepare for these episodes and just be present and to meet with me and everything like that. So I'm really, really working towards trying to find more consistent uh, people to join the podcast as well as myself being more consistent in terms of getting episodes out because I just because I'm not posting episodes doesn't mean I'm not paying attention to basketball. Um, I love this sport. I love everything about it. And that's why I started the podcast. So, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts with everything coming into this new year, into the new decade. Um, a lot of personal goals for me and a lot of change. So that's probably why um, you, you all haven't been seeing episodes and seeing me um, update a lot of things. But I'm here, I'm back, and I hope that is not too late. So, wow, the 2010s. What a decade, right? So a lot, a lot of things have change in terms of like the landscape of the NBA and I think like the landscape just using that phrase landscape of the NBA like that's I think it's a bit overused but also like it is constantly changing year by year um even when we don't notice it right so 2010 right off the bat we start off the decade with um LeBron James making his infamous I guess infamous now decision. Um, a televised decision to say that he's going to the Miami Heat to play with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, and you know, go for his first championship. He was in Cleveland for seven, six, seven seasons, and he just had enough. He could not get the talent around him, especially in a small market. Um, his general manager, David Griffin, was not able to surround him with talent until he wanted to move. And having that televised um, decision that the whole thing with the not two, not one, not two, not three, not four, 
all that stuff that really set the tone for what we're gonna have um from LeBron from this decade um although he didn't you know achieve that he did win two um but yet he was on pace I mean he was on his way to make eight straight finals um and yes as much as we can talk about he's three and five in those finals um the amount of greatness and the amount of consistency that he's shown throughout this decade or i guess throughout this past decade was nothing short than of of incredible i mean he changed so much of what um i guess like of what basketball came to be in this past decade right so his decision creates this first kind of super team era the era of just having three or more all-stars on a team um and yeah i mean there was previous previous like super teams i guess you could say the 90s bulls with jordan pippen um jordan pippen rodman excuse me that's kind of a super team i guess um the 04 Lakers, which uh, two of those all-stars were way past their primes, Gary Payton and Karl Malone. Um, the Rockets, when they had Pippen, um, Pippen, Barkley, no, wait, I'm confused. But that Rockets team, gosh, oh my God, I sound so young now. That's horrible. But, um finally getting up to the 2010s where it really starts picking up and now it's it was pretty much the mantra of the decade of like you couldn't win you can't win without having three or more all-stars you just couldn't you know win a championship unless you're Dirk Nowitzki (laughs) or Kawhi Leonard um which is weird now because now we have all these duos in the NBA. Um, but I guess we could just keep going. A lot of these things have changed. So the cap space also changed in, um, in the NBA, the collective bargaining, everything like that. That was actually the, the one reason why, well, part of the reason why the Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant. Um, the cap grew immensely um, that summer. And although the Warriors were pretty lucky to have Curry on that small contract of four years, $44 million, um, without that cap spike, uh, they would still not have enough to sign Durant. Um, a lot of legends retired this decade. We've seen every decade we're going to see some of these greats go. So, I mean... Obviously, Kobe, Duncan. Um, Kobe's amazing 60-point game. I mean, it, no, it is amazing. It, it, it took him 50 shots to get 60 points, but it, it's that's just classic Kobe fashion. And to do that with 
just his determination and that just shows like what type of player Kobe was he was able to just go out and play with reckless abandon even though they had nothing to play for that whole season or this last couple years actually for that matter like they really had nothing to play for um I I do think it is a little over romanticized um as much as success Kobe brought to the Lakers I think his I don't want to say selfishness because I know it's not and I know he deserves all the money that he got but the way he played as well kind of hindered a lot of the young players on that team even though the one promising one was was D'Angelo Russell and we saw what he can do with the, with the Nets these past two years and um what he's doing with the Warriors, even though the Warriors are really bad. Sigh. Um, but still, like, I remember watching that game too, his 60-point game. I just couldn't believe it. It, it. it honestly felt like it was the Kobe of old without, you know, just, you know, 20 more shots being taken. But uh, we see the amazing career of Duncan and Tim Duncan. Um who I think is actually immensely underrated. He's top 10 in my book. Um, the consistency he played with, he was never... I mean, everyone knows kind of like the mantra of Tim Duncan, unselfish, never flashy, but just got the job done. And he was great Hall of Famer. He actually makes more All-Stars than you think. Um, he's won more MVPs than you probably think and he's just legendary and um to see him kind of go was like him and Kobe leaving in the same year Kevin Garnett also retired um just saying goodbye to a lot of like the the early 2000s um players were just really crazy um Dirk finally retiring at the end of the decade. Um, all of these guys um, were just really great. Um, what else? So, oh, the Warriors dynasty. Again, with the super team era. The Warriors, I mean, well, the Heat kind of set the tone, right? Having LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Um, a lot of people tried to emulate that with I mean the Thunder had um Westbrook Harden Durant for those couple years but never figured it out. They traded Harden, which is probably the move of the past 15, 20 years. That trade. I don't know what other trade has that much ramifications for players a fran two franchises. Um there's so there was so much that went into that, um, but the Warriors dynasty lasting five years, winning three out of five. Um, Curry's amazing MVP years, especially the 2016 year where he was actually, I don't know if many people remember, but he was well actually probably you probably do remember. 
but I I just remember all, all that whole season, reading so many articles, hearing so many reports of just everyone comparing him to Michael Jordan. I mean, it was one of the greatest seasons, and he was coming off another MVP and uh, his first championship, and he was pretty that year. The Warriors, the seventy three and nine Warriors, were pretty much on pace to win. Um, that that finals I mean again 3-1 um couldn't get the job done blocked by James everything like that you know the shot by Kyrie um Draymond hitting LeBron on the balls getting suspended Andrew Bogan getting injured in game 6 um yeah so Nothing else to talk about with that team, but but that Warriors dynasty kind of, especially with Curry and Thompson, kind of just running the show. Um, it changed the trajectory of how we see basketball, and that's pretty much what their legacy will be. I think, um, other than people thinking they they got really lucky, um. The the change in just how basketball is seen started from Steph Curry. The amount of space, the amount of shooting, the amount of um change that he brought with just his skill level um has to be up there with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and I, I know Looking at him, you don't want to compare him to Michael Jordan and how he changed the game, but he, he's he got to be up there with like Jordan and Shaq and stuff like that and how literally how we see players, how we look at the game and how we play it um, has to be credited to what he, did, what he did during this decade. I mean, we've never seen a guy that could shoot like him, that could shoot off the dribble, with handles um and he forced every team to play catch up to him and everyone remembers like the warriors being light years hashtag light years ahead all that stuff that bob myers was talking about um just really changed the trajectory of how we see basketball um and of course signing durant um, the amount of villainy that the Warriors kind of had was pretty insane. Um, this decade also had the rise of social media. A lot of really funny and weird things have happened on Twitter with NBA players like the Joel Embiid, Rihanna stuff, the Eric Bledsoe tweeting that he doesn't want to be here. And, uh, I mean, of course, Referring to um, Phoenix before he got traded to Milwaukee. Um, just how players now are. I'm Oh, uh, Kevin Durant, the burner accounts. Um, just all of these things. That how, how much a fan is connected to a, to a player is so much closer than what it was like 10 years ago 
Um, players are much more aware of what people are saying on social media, of how they're perceived by the public, everything like that. That that also has such a huge um, effect on you know how they make their decisions in in the business and basketball and everything like that. Um, I just want to briefly go through kind of my favorite or just the top moments I in in my opinion of the decade. Um, especially all these like we're doing the playoffs. Um I mean one that haunts me, but yet I still am very in awe of is game seven, twenty sixteen. It was a pretty ugly game, but even the last few minutes were pretty ugly as well. It was just very sloppy, very you could tell all these both teams had put in just the amount of energy and effort that they put in throughout the whole series. I know that there was like a couple blowouts um in the series, but just two crazy teams really getting for it and so much on the line. Um LeBron like imagine LeBron losing two straight to the Curry's Warriors after completing a the greatest season ever. Like that how much of that will change the next four years of Durant coming to the Warriors? Because Durant won't won't come to the Warriors if they just came off a seventy three nine and winning a finals and Curry winning back to back MVPs and now Oh, what team would he go to? He'd probably maybe go to the Celtics. I don't know. Resign with OKC. Force them to trade Russell Westbrook. Like, who knows? Um, but yet it ends up with LeBron winning his first finals in Cleveland. Cleveland winning their first championship in about like 50 years or so. Um, yeah, so 2016 finals, huge thing for me. Uh, 2016 Western Conference Finals Game 6, the Clay game. That also has huge ramifications. If the Warriors lose, their season is over. Never make it to the finals. Maybe the Thunder win the finals against Cleveland. I don't know. They look like the better team that year. Um, or a more talented team. Even though they had, even though the Warriors had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, um, Andre, Bogut, you know. Um, Huge, huge game um, if the Warriors don't pull that out. 2013 Finals Game 6, the Ray Allen shot overtime. Kawhi missing a free throw. Popovich not calling a timeout. Uh, or calling the timeout um, instead of not calling it. I think um, he wanted to just get down the court as quick as possible. Um that game was pretty crazy. Imagine the Spurs winning that series. And again, back-to-back 2014, LeBron only comes out of Miami with one championship, one finals win, and who knows what does his trajectory, his career trajectory have then like where does he end up does he go back to Cleveland I don't know does he stay does he resign with Miami who knows and then another one I have is 2017 finals game three 
Durant shooting over LeBron, um, kind of changing the tide of him being the best player for the couple of years. Because those two seasons, I, I do believe he was the best player in the league, and he showed it, going head to head with LeBron James in the finals two straight years. Again, LeBron James' teams weren't as, you know, powerful as, you know, the Heat teams or maybe even before um, with Kyrie and Love. But, you know, him showing up and it, it honestly changed Kevin Durant's career because even after he won, he just didn't seem that satisfied his tenure in Golden State just as as well as it started, it definitely sputtered out of control by the end of it. Um, with the whole Draymond situation with the argument and everything like that. Um Yeah. The Clippers meltdown in game six, twenty fifteen, Western Conference Finals, when the Rockets made like a twenty point comeback with James Harden on the bench. Um that Lob City team was a huge disappointment. I believe they should have made it to the Western Conference Finals, meet Golden State. Who knows? Maybe Golden State wasn't ready, and the Clippers beat them. And it would be Clippers-Cleveland in the finals. Can you imagine that? The Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers being in the finals in 2015? Oh, man. Uh, Dirk being LeBron, 2011. Um, cementing his legacy, getting that championship against LeBron after his first year in Miami, like that's huge. Um, with and doing it with like Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, um, Deshaun Stevenson, Sean Marion, jeez, like he pulled off something he was meant to do like five years ago, and yet. He was able to do it with a lesser team. Um, so my players of the decade, um, I, was, I say top five because I can't rank top ten guys uh, for the decade. Also, that would take like a whole another podcast to talk about stats and legacy and their um, just overall consistency of the decade. But at five, I have Harden. Um, honestly, this spot could have gone for me, either Harden or Westbrook. I don't, I'm not a necessarily big fan of either, um, just in terms of how they play and what, um, I don't believe they can win a championship with how they play, um, and how they're playing together, so that's weird um but I mean Harden's path to stardom after getting traded to the Rockets just I mean no pun intended but it rocketed like it the way he was used was never really seen before um Daryl Morey kind of the three and layups type of offense um we now see James Harden's step back three is probably in the top five greatest shots ever. And 
no one ever would see that coming. Um, and just his, he, he was what top three MVP voting for like four straight years, has one MVP. Um, I mean, it's just his playoff performances that, and his defensive intensity that just shies me away of saying that he's gonna, you know, win a championship. And I think, I don't know if, if it's him or the system they have put in, but I just don't believe that it could win. At four, I have Kawhi Leonard. Um, his ascension into NBA stardom was, um, was also pretty insane. Um, coming into not being a, a polished offensive player at all, kind of had to learn um, throughout the years. Winning Finals MVP for locking down LeBron in twenty fourteen, um, also being you know a solid contributor on offense, got him the MVP. I think it was the youngest Finals MVP, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know for sure, but his series was pretty amazing. Um, I just would say his finals performances in 2014 and 2019 really just kind of locked it down for him. And he was one of the best top three, top five players after this MVP year. Um, he did miss that one season 2017 with his injuries, or I'm sorry, 2018 with his injuries. Um, getting traded to Toronto and... Just that whole season was just him coming to Toronto for the first time and just winning a championship, beating the Warriors, his tremendous playoff numbers. It, I mean, it was one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen from a player ever. Um, I just think he deserves to be in the top five of the 2010s. Number three, I have KD. Um, winning his first MVP 2014, getting to the finals 2012, um, being the best scorer ever in this decade being honestly second to LeBron um, for most of the decade um, until Steph. Well, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler for next player, but until Steph kind of came around um, winning those two championships um, in 2017 and 2018 after joining the Warriors, um, just being the most consistent scorer and to do it at his size um, is just remarkable. And his decade um, ended pretty poorly. I mean, tearing his Achilles, um, not being able to play in the 2019 playoffs very much other than, you know, um, missing the... He missed the West Conference Finals. Um, the last game of the semifinals against the Rockets where Curry went off in the second half. Um, and then obviously playing like two quarters of the finals and then tearing his Achilles in Toronto in game five. Yeah. Game five. Um, sheesh. Yeah, I mean, he deserves to be up here. I mean, top three, for sure. 
like no doubt about it. And there's reasons why I have him three and not two. So at two, I have Steph Curry. Um, coming into the scene in 2013, winning his first playoffs runs, um, making it to the finals 2015, being LeBron, although without Kyrie Love, yes. But I think his MVP season in 2016 really kind of cemented him as like, yeah, this is the second best player in the league. And for a while, I think he was the best player in the league. Um, just the numbers he put up, the constant wins, um, the effect he has on the court. I'm not a big, huge plus minus um, person, but I think it is important to look at plus minus in terms of context. And with him being on the court is just the production of the Warriors is is unmatched. Um, even when they had Durant, the record without Durant and with Curry was like in super insane. It was like 80 to 90% win ratio. And without Curry and with Durant, they're like around 500. Um, and he changed the game. I mean, he forced defenses to really... Um, cover the three-point line um it it almost seemed like every night in 2016 he was just demolishing every team and even i th i think his unselfishness is actually underrated he let KD kind of be the guy even though he knew he was the most important person on the team he wanted to make sure Kevin Durant got his and Kevin Durant felt comfortable um and I really do think he was, other than LeBron, he was the most important player to any other team. And that's just me. And also, I'm a huge Curry fan. But also, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, they just, they don't lie. And of course, my number one player is LeBron James. Eight straight finals. Second to the GOAT. Um, Back to back in Miami. 3-1 down. I mean, you know how amazing he is. We all do. Um, he deserves to be number one player of the decade, no question about it. Even with that poor season with the Lakers after getting injured and just, you know, cutting it short. But I feel like that was the only slip-up. And not winning in 2011 was his only slip-up as well. Or his other slip-up. Um, but these are my five. Harden, Kawhi, KD, Steph, LeBron. And that's... Like, I, I don't, you don't get any better than that. I think honor, honorable mentions would be, like, Westbrook, Giannis. Giannis's rise is kind of late towards the decade, like, 2017, 18, 19. Like, I mean, it is only three years, so I guess you couldn't really say that was a huge jump. Another one would be Anthony Davis, um, but his lack of success in the playoffs and lack of... Um, His appearance, like, uh, he couldn't be on the court because of injuries and things like that. And just being on poor teams in New Orleans was just pretty tough. But this decade is a lot different for him. And that'll, I'll talk more about that when I preview into the 2020s. So we're in a new decade. Of course, as you know, I'm recording this on New Year's Day. Happy New Year's, everyone. Um, 
But I just want to do a quick preview of the 2020s. And my next episode will be recorded tomorrow with a good friend, um, Kevin, who was on a previous episode um, last year. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but um, yeah, the 2020s. How is basketball is going? How is basketball continuing to change? How will it continue to change? Um, we're already seeing that we're shooting way more threes. The things that the Warriors were doing in the past like three to four years is now what everyone is doing. They're shooting more threes. They're getting three and D guys. Um, a lot of their players are multi-skilled. They can shoot, dribble, pass, play defense. Um, you need guys that could do multiple things on the court and not hinder you because if one person only has one skill, um, there are plenty of players who have that same skill who also do other things as well. And that's why you see some guys are just out of the league because of that. Um, shooting way more threes, I believe, in my prediction, I think the big man will become the most important position. I think this past decade was really truly based on guards. Steph, Westbrook, Harden. Um, you could say LeBron is a guard, but he's also a swing man. I mean, LeBron can play any position, but big man will be the most important position, I believe. I think we'll have a lot more big guys that could do multiple things. I guess you can call them more unicorns. Like We'll have more Giannis. We'll have more um, Porzingis. We'll have more Cat, AD, all these guys. I think... This is their time to just really show how important they are on the court. Embiid, Jokic, I mean, we have amazing young players. So um, I think we'll have shorter max contracts. Um, KD kind of did that with the Warriors. LeBron always has been doing that this past decade. We see Kawhi only signing for two years with the Clippers this season. Um, we're going to see way more power to the players. Um Guys are just going to want to go when they want to go. They're, they, they're going to want to force their way to a team no matter what. Um, there may be some controversies this decade, but um, that's just how the league is going to be. And I know Adam Silver wants to drastically you know, change that. They want um, Everyone wants more parity, but um, I just think like, with how these stars are doing it, how they're joining each other. It's only a matter of time when it's it's not going to be surprising when guys just move teams so quickly. Um, it's just not. And it's starting to not be surprising. Like even when Paul George and Kawhi went to Clippers, it was like, I mean, they were always being guys that were mentioned in you know, going to the Clippers or, or the Lakers or anything like that in LA. And like, it just makes sense, you know. Um, we're going to see a lot of overseas people um, coming into the NBA and producing Luka, Giannis, um, Jokic, just foreign players coming into the NBA and making a huge impact. Um, Basketball Without Borders, Embiid, um, Siakam. I mean, you see a lot of, I mean, even like people from Canada, <laughs> like you're going to see a lot of these people um, really, really compete. Um, 
So that's really exciting. Um, are we going to be drafting out of high school this decade? I know people have been talking about it. I don't know if the league has been talking about it too much. Um, will NCAA kind of start their decline because a lot of high school recruits are now going to overseas? Like we see LaMelo. Um, well, I mean, he couldn't play. But LaMelo. Um, there's a kid. I forgot his name. RJ Hampton. There it is. RJ Hampton is playing overseas. Um, unless we get drafting players out of high school, I think these are what this is what the high school players are going to do now. They're not going to go to the NCAA and do one and done. They're going to get pro experience in Australia, China, um, Spain. Um, I don't know, just other countries to where they could play pro ball for a year and really show what they can do in a hard grueling season um the mid-season tournament is is a thing that the nba is talking about um they're talking about having the mid-season tournament like to make things more exciting um maybe play for playoff spots for draft picks things like that i don't know really how to feel about that off the bat but i do think that it's hmm, it is going to add more excitement and everything like that but i just don't know how much it'll add to the game like are are we just adding it for um you know ratings and um things like that and marketing or are we doing this to make the game better and I feel like that's more important. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know it is entertainment, you know, at the end of the day, but it is important to see, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, but I'm also a believer in change. So I just, if they were to put this midseason tournament thing in, I'd really hope it's it's meaningful and it doesn't shake up the whole season too much. Um, but yeah, those are my kind of previews and my kind of takes on this upcoming decade. Um, I'm going to put my top five players for this decade. I think, I mean, these are all going to be guys that are in the league right now. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say like, Lomelo Ball is going to be the top one of the top five players in, in this decade. Um, and a lot of these guys are probably going to be like 25, 26 and under. Um, but just how I see, I mean, these next 10 years are still probably going to be in the league, barring any, you know, stupid injury or, you know, crazy thing happening to them. But these are kind of like the five guys that I think um, are going to be the best players. Um, yeah, but, and actually four of these guys are big men, modern day big men. So, well, I guess there's, uh, there's two guards, but all right. Um, at number five, I have either, I guess it's not even top five, but I will mention I have Simmons or Cat at five, Carl Anthony Towns or Ben Simmons. Um, I think this season is showing that 
Simmons and Embiid need to split up either after this season or whenever they can because it's just it just seems like they need to not be on the court at the same time for them for the Sixers to be successful. Um, just by the eye test, like it's super hard. And B needs to stop taking threes. Um, well, I guess I could talk about that when I get to Embiid, but uh, Sims or Cat, super young. Um, both under twenty five, healthy. Um, if Ben Simmons really can knock down threes at an okay clip, like 35%, 33%, like a league average, like that's fine. And I'm tired of hearing these video, seeing these, I was so tired of saw, seeing the videos over this offseason of him shooting threes and nothing has happened really this season. He's hit like what, two or three threes, I think. But yeah. Um, Embiid is number four, super young, 25. He needs to pick it up. I do think he needs to pick it up. Um, but his talent is just immense and he's overflowing with talent and, um, he just really just needs to learn how to win now. Um, three, I have Luca. Luca's having an amazing season, amazing season. And if he keeps this up for the next decade, I don't know. That's that would be incredible. Um, number two is AD. Barring any injury, he'll be great. I believe he'll win a championship with LeBron either this year or next year. Um, number one, I have Giannis. I mean, he's twenty. He just turned twenty-five last month. Um. He's now shooting more threes. He's actually making more threes. And no one can stop him going to the rim. He's a defensive monster. And he just has everything to his game. Um, yeah, he's amazing to watch. Will he leave Milwaukee? I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a very loyal guy. But at the same time... Um, if he doesn't win that chip or if they just do him dirty or they can't surround him with talent, then it's it might be time to leave. And hopefully that doesn't come. I'd really like him to stay there. He really embraces Milwaukee in the small market. Um, but yeah, those are my top five guys. Those are my previews for 2020. Um, this is supposed to be a short episode, but obviously... Uh, it never works out like that. But thank you so much for listening. Um, please stay tuned for the next episodes. Um, really going to try and make this consistent. I'm back. I'm motivated. A lot of things planned for this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed. Um, thanks for sticking around if you're still here. And if you're new, please um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And follow Dishes and Dimes at on Twitter. Dishes and the letter N. Dimes. Um, my name is Christian, your host, and thanks so much. So hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode.